0: Welcome to Bedtime Fairy Fails, where every fail deserves a tale. I'm Kim. In tonight's episode, both stories are from my own personal campaign. Can a bard, a gnome, and a 20 foot cube of bees vanquish an entire clan of orcs? You're about to find out. This is Believe in Yourself. Upon a time in a meadow far, far away, a group of heroes were on their way to face a worthy adversary. They were here to retrieve a magical helmet. For you see, this helm was being used to control animals and was making them sentient. This sudden boost in intelligence had led to many foes, such as a deer named Jeff with a habit of goring people in the butt, and Double Hitler Elephant with a mustache both on top of and underneath his trunk. Oh, and the bad guys were also going to use the helmet to summon an evil presence into this plane of existence. So clearly, this helm needed to be destroyed. The heroes soon spot a band of orcs. They seem to all be dancing and drinking around the fire. The heroes quickly realize this must be the place they've been looking for. They knew someone would be their summoning helmet guy, but a heads up that it would be an army of orcs would have been nice. The heroes are vastly outnumbered and are about to face possibly the most difficult fight of their lives. It's clear that if there is some master plan to all things in this particular universe, this was set up to be a very tough battle. The party discusses their options, which weren't many. They're in a meadow with no cover, so sneaking isn't an option. Charging straight in would surely lead to certain death. Suddenly, the bard speaks up. Hey, guys, I have an idea. How about I summon a 20-foot cube of bees? The party deliberates. Could this work? It might just be enough to scare them off. And if they can get them to leave, they can save their health and strength for the big baddie with the helmet. This could be the advantage they need to secure their victory. As long as they can snag at least one orc ...to describe the summoning ritual for Helmet Guy. This could be their way out of an extra fight. But what's a few bees to a giant party of orcs? No, they needed more. Something to go with the bees. I've got it, exclaims the bard.
1: I'll disguise myself as a giant bee... ...and become the bee god.
0: There's only one problem with this plan. The bard doesn't speak orc. Suddenly, a tiny voice chimes in. It's Gnome McDonald, the party's ranger. This wasn't the gnome's real name, but after he told the party he came from a farm, he was dubbed as such, and no one to this day remembers his actual name. I can speak orc, the gnome said proudly. A plan was quickly formulated. The bard would conjure a 20-foot cube of bees. He would then disguise himself as a giant bee god and hide Gnome MacDonald on his back between his wings. No MacDonald would do all the talking, and it was foolproof. The rest of the party stays back and waits while they watch this majestic bee god march forward with this tiny hidden gnome on his back and a 20-foot cube of bees leading the way. At first, the orcs are just confused. The leader comes forward to ask who he is.
1: I'm the great and powerful bee god. Not that it's in any
0: of your beeswax, says No MacDonald.
1: Well, what are you doing here?
0: Inquires the leader. We saw the campfire and we thought we would see what all the buzz is about. You having a party or what?
1: I mean, it's not really a party per se, it's more of a magical ritual to summon Helmet Guy so we can bring our Dark Lord into this dimension so he can enslave the entire planet,
0: says the leader. Cool, cool. Uh, so can I hang or... says the gnome.
1: I mean, we don't really let random B-gods crash our party usually. Like, ordinarily we would just kill you on the spot.
0: The bard strikes his sassiest pose when the gnome says, Oh, honey. It's not really a party without me here. How about this? I challenge you to a drinking contest. The orc is intrigued. He's easily twice the size of the bee god. He smirks and says,
1: Fine. I win, you die. You win, you can stay and welcome the Dark Lord into this plane of existence at dawn.
0: Soon they sat down with their mugs of ale. The bard knows he can't outdrink this massive beast but maybe they both can. The bard begins sneaking every other mug of ale over his shoulder to Gnome McDonald. They successfully do this without being caught for a good four or five ales, but eventually the orc notices.
1: Hey, you can't, that's cheating. You're
0: pouring it out. Gnome McDonald drunkenly apologizes while simultaneously realizing pouring it out would have been a way better idea than sharing drinks. After three more ales, the orc is absolutely trashed. The pair see their opportunity. Look, man, no McDonald says,
1: you're drunk. It's almost dawn. You're in no condition to be doing a ritual. Just let me do it, man. I'm not nearly as drunk as you. Just tell me what to do, and I'll summon this helmet guy so he can bring your Dark Lord into this plane of existence so he can enslave the human race. No, no, no. This is very important work we're doing. There's no way I can just trust you to do it.
0: The gnome replies, "Dude, look at your buddies. They're all passed out. You've been puking? Just take care of your clan, man. Call a magical Uber and go home. I got this. Just believe in me." They hold their breath as the orc thinks for a moment. Finally, he pukes. <sighs> then he says,
1: Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm a clan leader first, Dark Lord Summoner second. I'll get my guys home. Now, here's what you do.
0: The orc gives step by step instructions, then takes his clan and heads home. They did it! (laughs) Thanks to the Bard's quick thinking, they managed to get the jump on the Dark Lord and be at full health since they didn't have to fight an entire horde of orcs. The bad guy was vanquished, the helmet was retrieved, and the heroes went on to live happily ever after for at least another week. The end. In this story, we'll be hearing the tale of some cunning heroes who take a page out of the Trojan book, and it alpacas quite the punch. So, without further ado, here is llama drama. Once upon a time, there were some heroes in a small town that had been invaded by drug smugglers. They'd been shipping and selling the fairy tale version of heroin out of the nearby forest. Our heroes are currently faced with a big decision. You see, the party had stolen from drug smugglers, and now the drug smugglers wanted their property back. Which, by the way, it was heat vision goggles. It was pretty sweet. It was me. I stole them. My rogue stole them. They had been delivered a letter asking them to meet the big boss in the cartel at midnight. But now, the heroes must decide what to do. Do they negotiate? Do they attack? Do they run? It was quite the dilemma. Except not really, because they pretty quickly decide to just take the murdery route. I guess there are less heroes and more main characters in this story. So our party arrives at midnight at the arranged spot. And the boss arrives with two burly bodyguards while also being a pretty powerful sorceress herself. There are fireballs thrown, sword fighting, arrow shot. And actually it turns out the bad guys were no match for our heroes. It helped that the heroes outnumbered them five to three and they hit around the corner for ambush. It wasn't a completely fair fight by modern standards. With the boss and the bodyguards dead, the group decides to go ahead and cut off the boss's head and take it with them, just in case. But now what? They've killed someone very important to this drug cartel. They ask around politely by waving a decapitated head in a poor barmaid-slash-cartel lackey's face and learn that the head of the organization lives in the bigger city a short distance away. They finish the conversation by offering the barmaid slash lackey better pay and also dental if she and the rest of the members of the town pledge allegiance to our heroes instead of the cartel. The barmaid agrees, as she's had a toothache for several weeks now and could really use that dental, and our heroes begin to devise a plan. How do they get into the city? They know that the cartel leaders there will hear about the murder soon and will be sending agents to murder them right back. They need a way to sneak into the city. Suddenly, one of the heroes chimes in with,
1: Guys, I have an idea. What if we build a llama, but Trojan horse style?
0: The rest of the party seems enthusiastic, and they begin discussing building plans. The barmaid interrupts to let them know that there aren't actually any walls or gates around the city. They can literally just walk right in. They promptly tell her to mind her own 20-foot cube of beeswax and head off to find a more private place to discuss the llama construction and also probably to find a D&D version of Home Depot. Our heroes immediately get to work. They estimate that the giant llama will probably take approximately one month to construct as none of them have any carpentry experience whatsoever. They scout out a secluded location near the bigger city, we'll call it City 2 for simplicity's sake, and begin construction. They worked day and night constructing this magnificent llama. The sounds of construction could be heard from miles around. This was not something any of the party members stopped to consider, though, despite the whole point of the mission being to lay low. At the end of the month, the llama is finished, and there was much rejoicing. Yay, we did it. The party looks up at this giant llama in all its llama glory, and they feel a deep sense of accomplishment. One of those once-in-a-lifetime feelings that just makes you all warm and fuzzy inside. They decide not to delay. They would sneak into the city the following day. They would kill the leader of the drug cartel, take over as boss, and make hella good money as the new Walter White of D&D. The next day, the party prepares. They gather potions, they hone their weapons, they buy arrows. They're getting ready for the fight of their lives. Then when evening comes, it's finally time. They start pushing the llama towards the city, but now they have the problem of how to get the llama into the city unseen. Should one person stay out to push? No, one person isn't possibly strong enough for that. Could they tie it to some horses and smack the horses to make them run into the city? No, they had no way of knowing if the horses would go the right direction. This all would have been a lot easier if there were walls and a gate so they could do a ding-dong ditch into the llama. But no. They're trying to find a way to sneak this 15-foot wooden llama into an open City without being seen. In the end, they decide to do the old running push then jump inside while it's moving and close the door thing. And quickly they get up to a decent speed on the llama. Miraculously, they all make it inside without a single person falling or missing. (laughs) How they manage that may be the biggest mystery in all of D&D. The llama rolls slowly to a stop. The heroes can hear the hustle and bustle of the crowd around them. Now all they have to do is wait until everyone is asleep and pop out. It's foolproof. Except... Remember how I said they wouldn't have long before the cartel knew what they had done, but then they spent a month loudly building a giant llama to ride into an unguarded town inside of? Yeah. Within minutes, they hear pounding on the llama's butt. Don't worry, guys, it's not that kind of story. The pounding gets louder and faster, but they don't see anyone opening the door. They look closer, and they see the tips of nails popping through the wood. They were being sealed inside their own completely inconspicuous creation. How? How did they know it was them? The party is baffled and panicked. It isn't long before they smell smoke. They realize the cartel has set the llama on fire. They grab their weapons and start frantically trying to break out of the giant wooden monstrosity. They're hacking. They're using axes. They're using swords. The rogue has her arrows and is just digging with the tips.
1: Help. Please, help. Help. help me!
0: But, unfortunately, they had spared no expense on quality, and they were just completely unable to break through. By the time they stop hacking and ask the wizard to give it a go, it's too late. The smoke inhalation catches up to them, and they all begin to lose consciousness. How could this have possibly happened? Where did it all go wrong? They all lay in wonder with their final breaths what they could have done differently. What could they have possibly done to prevent this? But they never got their answer. And they all died. The end. Thanks for listening. To submit a fail, email me at BedtimeFairyFails at gmail.com or message me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as BedtimeFairyFails and Twitter as BTFairyFails.